Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, here we go. Yet another episode of Ticket to Game Henge on a beautiful fall morning. Um, I don't know about you, but until I got, I got married, the term cozy wasn't really in my lexicon. So I'm sitting here on a beautiful fall morning with a nice warm apple cider. And it's, it's nice and cozy. I, I kid you not, the moment I started dating Megan, that term came up all the time. And it just was as a young guy who wants to be cozy, right? But now- I like cozy. cozy was in my lexicon. Was it? I, I was aware of it, clearly. Yeah, I was aware of it. I just didn't seek out moments to be cozy versus this one upstairs. She's always looking for the cozy opportunities. Um, anyway, first thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to uh, quickly follow up on last week. Uh, so last week, episode 10 uh, was entitled, um, what do we call it? Uh, why fish, fish doesn't care and why, and why we like that or something like that. Yeah, so... I wanted to kind of challenge that back a little bit because I think oh. that they do, because I think that they do care. I think it's obvious that they care. I think it's more of a, a rock and roll attitude of acting like they don't care because we were specifically talking about uh, time turns electric and how it, it just sort of vanished, right? They played it for two years and it was gone. And then I think it took us on a path of uh, talking about that. They don't really care. Same thing with the Yem vocal jam that we, that we talked about. You and I both particularly don't like it, but that's one of the things that we like is that they don't care that we don't like it and they still do it anyway. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I really think that they care. The interaction with the fans, the way the way the whole platform is set up, it's evident to me that they care. But yeah, I just wanted to talk a bit about that because I was thinking about that since last week. So let me, let me clarify. When I say they yeah. don't care, I mean that they have standards for which they are not willing to sacrifice their values. Okay. Right. So yeah. like when you, talk, when you talk about like somebody selling out, mm -hmm. it's because it's not, you know, it's never because, you know, they're being true to themselves. It's because they've crossed the line that they would never cross before. Okay. Right. So it's a line that they would never cross okay. like playing the vocal jam or like, we don't like this song. We don't like farmhouse or whatever. Like that's what it is. You just right? said so farmhouse in a very Canadian way. You said farm farmhouse. <laughs> whatever yeah. man. listen we don't have accents yes so we I, don't do. what, I don't know what of course we have accents have you ever seen that russell peters bit jeez yeah. christ <laughs> yeah you should try living in newfoundland you want to hear an accent oh my god uh right, that's totally different that. so what i'm saying is they have their standards mm. have what they're willing to accept and mm -hmm. by don't care means we're not willing to cross certain lines and we don't care what you think. Right. But yes, of course, they care. of course they care. They care about the fans. They want everyone to have a great experience. They want everyone to have a good time. They want them to be excited. Yes, they care in that way, but they have standards that they're not willing to break for anything. So I'm saying. So give me an example of um, a band or uh, I guess a band or an artist that you think is sold out that has, that has jumped, that has crossed that line. Kings of first band off the top of my head because I called it as soon as I heard the newest album at that time was Kings of Leon. Okay, and like their big breakout album with Sex is on Fire and all that. Yeah. yeah. And before yeah. that, it was like he sounded like he was half drunk 
you know, in the back of a car singing like these awesome rock and roll songs. That's how yep. they got to where they were. And then right. all of a sudden, you know, whoever gets a hold of them, I don't know their story, but you get the big producers in and we're going to write the, the popular album. Sex on Fire comes out, big hit, finished. Finito after that. They yeah. sacrificed their musical integrity. The band did not sound like that before that stuff, right? It's a mm. great song. It was awesome. It's a great album, but it's not the Kings of Leon. They're doing something else. They're lacking authenticity. Are they That's even still I mean. together? I know they're all family members. Are they even still together? I have no idea. Mumford and Sons is another one. You know, mm. Mumford and Sons, it was like that. It was that awesome. Those awesome songs, man. So good. They had like the banjo and it sounded, you know, it sounded really yeah. country and awesome. And then they did their popular album and now, now where are they now? Nobody cares. Yeah, there was a, and there's a lot of copycat uh, artists that came out of that too, right? Like there was a time it seemed like every song had a banjo. Every song kind of started slow, got loud, got quiet again, got loud. Um, yeah, I th yeah, I think it's a good example. It's interesting when we uh, uh, when we were going to New York for Aaron's bachelor party, we were listening to the new Kings of Leon album, and I think Aaron's brother Justin was kind of saying the same thing at the time that he that they kind of jumped the shark a bit. So, okay, well, thanks for clarifying because I think um, you know when I looked at that title and I thought, like, good lord, these guys totally care. Everything they're really doing is for the fans and for uh, you know everything that Fish is all about, but. Uh, Thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for clarifying. I mean, that's good. Gonna, I'll, I'll have to stop you. I disagree. I don't think Fish does it for the fans. If they would have done it for the fans, they would, uh, mm. you, you know, like they have a, they love it. They love it. And, then, and mm -hmm. that's why they do it. You know, it's more like we're going to make this happen for us so we can look out and be like, oh, shit, it's cool. I can't believe we did that. Right. The fact that we benefit. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it's like the it's like and and fish fans are going to hate me for saying this but this is the the correct model for shelf for selfishness like this is what actual selfishness means in the best way possible if you do something good that you benefit from that you really benefit from right we we've been taught our whole lives it's a bunch of bullshit it's not it's not a, a zero-sum game like you winning doesn't mean me losing in the real world you winning properly means that i win too because i benefit from that right right so fish you're, winning, yeah Becoming popular means that we benefit because they're popular. Right. Aww. Yeah. Just as you were, as you're explaining that, I was thinking about the story of, um, I want to say it was new year's, new year's 94 when the hot dog idea came about, yeah, yeah. right? The flying, the flying hot dog across the arena. And you know, and you know where that idea started from? I like mean, what? hearing it on the podcast, but I can't recall right now. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Trey or Fishman that came up with it, but they, they they were thinking about that fan who ended up getting the worst seats in the house, right? That they're at the back row, back of the arena, they're there, but that the band was going to find a way to all of a sudden be performing for that person in front of them. And I thought, okay, they're really thinking about that fan and, and how great it would be for them. But really when you keep listening to Trey talking about it, it was because the band thought it was going to be great. And they thought it was going to be awesome for them, that it was very much self-serving. It would blow that person away. But uh, really, it was for them to say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we, if, if we did that? Uh, and then it turned into the whole hot dog thing. Just a complete tangent, because I think we're, we're kind of there. You know, it, it's interesting. We, we, we get these concepts wrong, you know, like, take, um, you know, Jeff Bezos is taking a lot of heat right now because he's a billionaire, like mm -hmm. multi-billionaire older. But he actually earned his money. Like, he earned his money by providing something so valuable to us that people will, will nobody force you're not forced to deal with amazon so you willingly 
open up your pocketbook and say, I want this product. So good for him, right? And the same is true for fish. Like people show up, we spend a lot of money on these guys. It's getting more and more expensive every year. Mm -hmm. But no, they're not forcing us to do it. We want to, by our own free will, do it. So like good for them. Let them have all the yeah. money they can have. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I think it's a good discussion. It's, it's, um, I think it's maybe maybe tough for me to understand that mindset. I've never been in that uh, position that's, you know, on that platform creating things for all these people and, and the well, purpose you know, behind it. Not true. You're doing it right now, right? So like for the three people that are going to actually, it's 13 people now. Thank you very much. This podcast, when we were getting together, right? The real, the only real conversation is, do we get something from this? Right. And if we get something from it, we're going to show up every week and deliver and have fun. Now, the fact that, I don't know, you know, why some of the shit that I say would be beneficial to somebody else, but respect, they like kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's how it works. Right. Yeah, got it. Okay, very cool. Um, selfless because if you just did it for somebody else, you would stop doing it. It would be torture. That's true. That's true. Okay, cool. Um, dinner and a movie last week. Were you able to watch it? Seven twenty-three ninety-nine. Did yeah, I, I watch it? it. I watch it twice. <laughs> At least twice. The second set. Yeah, yeah, pretty incredible. Um, like I said, oh. five songs, second set. It's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the look in your eyes right now. Uh, you remind me of. Uh, maybe I'll tell the story now, and we'll get back to dinner in a movie. As you know, I'm going back through 2009, and I'm I'm, I'm working my way through mid-August. And uh, I, I don't think it's a secret, maybe to our new listeners, but I don't think it's a secret that Carini and made evidence by the fact of its return on August the 11th in 2009, mm -hmm. uh, when it came in after uh, backwards down the number line. It wasn't a great Carini. I mean, they were clearly a bit rusty. And I think Trey busted it out of nowhere and the rest of the band wasn't really ready to go. But that's, that's okay. I was in the car. And I'm so annoyed that I wasn't recording. because My reaction it was like, I don't even know how to describe it. I, I was I was making sounds and 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 doing things that I were somewhat uncontrollable. I mean, I was driving down a country road by myself, and it started. And I started like yelling and pumping my fist and just getting into it. And I thought, like another good example. God, I want more people to be able to feel feel like this. Um, but yeah, I did it in a movie, five song, a second set, all obviously 1.0, show, show from 99, as they were, I think, ascending to the summit of the mountain. You know, we've kind of talked about that, how uh, Cypress Creek, Creek was really the peak. It just sounded good, like on point. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible to, to me, too, that, you know, 20, 20, 21 years later, there's differences in the sound and all that, but the bit, like, it's still, it's still them. Like, you, you know, it's evolved a bit, but when you go back, it doesn't sound like a 20 year old recording. It might look like a 20 year old show in terms of the attire and the style and all that stuff. But in terms of the sound and the quality of the playing, I don't know. It's, it sounds really, really good. It sounds really current. They haven't, um, they haven't chosen um, instruments that, um, that have aged sonically. You know, I think that's part of it. Cause like you listen to like, you know, if you go back and you listen to deep purple from like the seventies, and like you hear yeah. an organ in heavy metal music, you know, like who the hell plays an organ in heavy metal music anymore? Right? Like it sounds dated right. and it sounds aged, right? But mm -hmm. like the the tones that they use are 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 very uh, are very they're still you know they're still acceptable. And you're right, it doesn't it could be you know it could be yesterday's show for all we know. Yeah, I think that's true. I I think um, 
you know, both Trey, I guess Trey, Trey, Mike and Paige have all got new toys over the years, new pedals, new effects, new things that they've, you know, kind of played around with. But essentially it always comes back to that, to that, to that core sound. Um, They're they're very clear, right? Like let's not, you know, let's not mistake, like, you know, the music takes the precedence and they're ultra clear on what they want it to sound like and what the most important parts of like the songs are, right? It's not Mm -hmm. laser technology or noodling. It's the actual music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um. So, did you have any favorites from Dinner in the Movie? Anything that stands out? I mean, Ghost was awesome. Birds yeah, so pretty much great. when the second set started was my favorite until you know until it ended with mm-hmm. the uncle. like all yeah. of it. You no, know? uh, Birds of a Feather was awesome. You know, it just sounded, dude. Like I don't know, I don't know what else to say. You know, I I, I would need to listen to it to break it down, but it was yeah. just it was just incredible. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I agreed. Speaking of incredible, maybe breaking it down, I'm going to kind of skip a topic and come back to it. Um, I hope for the few listeners that we have, I hope you guys are visiting our Instagram because we've got a pretty talented guitar player on our roster. Um, and you. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, when you sent me that video the other day, I didn't at first see how long it was because typically the guitar clips that you send me are, you know, 20, 20, 30 seconds. And uh, it was Fluffhead, right? I, I don't even know what to call that part of the song. Is I don't know if it's a bridge, if it's just the middle part. Some rebound? The other day, when you sent me, when I asked you if it was um, by memory, was that Reba? Uh, Son of a bitch. Uh-huh. You know this band? <laughs> <Do> you know? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I was like, I was listening to it, and I was thinking ahead to where it goes after that. And I went, oh, I went, did it Fluffhead? It's Fluffhead totally wrong oh my god egg on face okay so reba yeah because that's the one you've been studying right like you've been really really working on that song and i think watching you and hearing just the guitar part isolated and you know when i watch like dinner in a movie obviously when i listen on the app i can't see it but when you watch the dinner in a movie it's all over the place you see little snippets of the close-ups of the hands but really it's gone in no time so to see you playing for I think it was two, two and a half minutes, and it, it's seemingly all over the place. It makes sense. Really, like, really gave me an appreciation of not only the skill that it takes to play uh, those songs, but the skill that it would take to write those songs and imagine that and to put it together and to make it work. Because it just seems like, like, I know if I were to take that clip and show it to somebody, they would immediately say, wow, that guy's really, really good. Look at his like technique. He's sitting those harmonics, bang on but they'd also say in the same breath, what the hell is he playing, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really curious. I know it's something that we've mentioned in the past. I think uh, the, way, the way that you listen to Fish, the way that you would approach it, being a guitar player versus me who just doesn't play or doesn't really get that, or I think are two very different approaches and two di- very different ways to listen to it. Um, so do you, so when you, when you play that, are you, are you thinking of the notes on the scale? Are you thinking of the song from memory? How does it actually go in your head when you're kind of going through all that craziness? That's an interesting question. Um, I can try to understand to translate it, right? Like what, what your process is when you're translating what's up here down to the fingers and having it come through. So, oh man, it's different in practice and it's different. It's different in practice versus when you're playing, right? Cause when you're practicing, you're actually, thinking about the parts mm-hmm. and you're trying to, to fit it together. Like there's, I'm again, it's, 
I haven't really written anything, right? So I, I don't understand what, what that process is. And I'm just learning about music theory. So people will have to forgive me if I, I'm off. Cause like I just used to play, I used to play and now I'm actually studying the music, right? Cool. So, if, so I pick like the hardest shit to study. Um, cause it's just my style. But when you're practicing is one thing, cause you're learning the different parts and you're trying to understand, right? You're trying to understand the intervals. You're trying to understand the different parts, what chords, you know, like what they're trying to say musically, why these notes, and then there's playing and playing is just like you play from memory. Mm -hmm. Something that you're really skilled at. Like when you're taking your drop step, it's a three step drop. Like you take the snap and you take your three steps. There's nothing else to think about at this point. Right. But you're just doing it and you're reading. So same thing with right. it's, it's not okay. practice anymore. It's time to perform, right? It's a performance. Right. And you're going to get through it. You got to rely on all of the skill that you have and everything that's within you. Or almost if you're getting up to speak in front of a crowd, it's not going to be scripted. Yeah you're going to have talking points and be able to elaborate and kind of go from there. Right. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Yes. But when you're actually like listening to the piece of music, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what is this, what is this musician trying to say? Right. Mm -hmm. Like why are they choosing these notes? Why this section? Why this scale? What does this mean? Why does it get all quiet here? Right. Like it all, there's a theme, like good music, you know, very much like a, like a good, uh, like a good movie, there's certain themes, right. There's certain beliefs that come out from the artists and those are, and those are the different, things that you're listening for, right? Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Can you think of anyone stylistically that is close to Trey in terms of both writing and playing? Like I, like I kind of think of Frank, Frank Zappa a little bit. Um, well, I mean, again, it, it comes down to like what your preferences are, right? Like stylistically, yeah. no, there's nobody like him, right? He's like any great musician, they're all one of a kind, right? There's, you know, there's, um, you know, and that's why for me, that's why, like, I, I don't know, man, I don't love bands like Greta Van Fleet because you're pretty much just taking what Led Zeppelin did and, and doing it again. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a part of me that like, and again, this is just my personal preference. No, no offense to like, they're a great band. They sound awesome. And I get why people love them. But when I hear it, I'm sure. like, this has all been done. Like there's nothing unique. You're not saying anything that's, that's different. There's nothing for me to pay attention to here. Mm. Right. Versus for fish, it's, it's incredible because every time they take the stage, they're going to say something different. It's never going to be the same way again. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I was listening to uh, uh, 814 2009, I think. And uh, right at the end of that show, and there's a, there's a great, yeah, 814. There is a great Achilles at the end of uh, 814 after, um, after really weird catapult, which was preceded by psych psycho killer. <laughs> didn't know what to expect i'm just listening and they started doing this like pong inspired like feedback like making the sounds that the pong game used to make and uh iniculus trey <laughs> trey goes off and in his typical uh thing where he does iniculus like his spoken word um and <laughs> telling people to to read a fucking book <laughs> it's just fuck. i was like i was loving it um yeah you really yeah. don't know what you're gonna get yeah you do, so but you I, don't. I mean like to me that you know, like it's, it's, I mean, I guess the way that I look at it is it's storytelling. Yeah. Right. Like you're pretty much going to listen to, and I mean, you know, some of the parts, right. Some of the, the, the parts are composed, but like can really go anywhere. And the fact that they're in the moment, like that's, that's why we show up. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that makes it unique. That's what makes it amazing. And even going back and listening to the shows again, you're in a different place. Yeah. Right? yeah Versus, you know, like what's, you know, like what's, what's a popular song right now? Like, um, like a popular rock song, <laughs> even anything popular, like, like WAP, you know, everyone's okay. talking, everyone's talking yeah. to a WAP, you know, 
Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it's a great beat. It's a good song, but like, it's going to be forgotten. Nobody's going to go back. Right. This is why there's like nineties bangers. And we listen to all the songs for when like we were nostalgic, right? It's not that there's still great songs. It's the fact mm -hmm. that it takes back to a certain place versus this is great music. And I want to experience listening to this. Yeah. 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 I don't think I'll forget WAP only because I've never learned it in the first place. I've never heard that song. At least I don't think so. Oh, it's a great song. It's a great, is it? great. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't love the smutty lyrics, but like the beat is awesome. And she's picked the, um, you know, the Allison Chain song, uh, them bones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, the, the bass oh, it samples that it's, it doesn't sample it, but the bass is the same bass. Like they're really okay. dramatic boom, 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 that she uses that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But like in two months, I'm not going to want to hear it again. Right. Right. Whereas you're going to be like, Hey, do you want to put on, you know, dinner and a movie from 99? Like that one? I'll be like, hell yeah, I do. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, last thing on dinner and a movie, uh, obviously we're not getting them nearly as frequently. We're in early October. Um, of course the rumor mill will, will start to circulate as to what the next one is. Uh, fingers crossed for a Halloween show. Fingers crossed for the 95 Halloween show or 94. A lot of people are hoping for that. But Which one's 94? Is it the White Album? 94 is White Album. 95 is Quadrophenia, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Halloween's on a Saturday. Uh, we're going to get into the Deacon Jams. They start this Friday in a couple of days, and they'll have one on the Friday the 30th. So wonder when Dinner in the Movie is going to come out and if it's going to be a Halloween show. But you can be guaranteed that when they do announce it we'll be talking about it here uh beacon jams starting on friday a couple of weeks ago when we first learned about it we were both kind of skeptical is this real is this actually happening it didn't seem like a real announcement it didn't come from trey it just came from the beacon theater um and here we are i called the beacon jams there's already a title for it and hasn't started um what are you excited about what do you think we can expect first of all i got to find out where to get this twitch because it's only on twitch apparently so i've got to find how to twitch it like i'm not i'm not good with the my face and space books and 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 snappy chats like i just don't do it so I, apparently i gotta get twitch oh my god bogdan are you talking to my dad can i can i can i go to the app store and buy myself a twitch that's what i need to know <laughs> um no seriously i don't have twitch i've never been on twitch i know what it is it's like a gaming streaming app i think that's where it kind of started the live right? stream Live streaming app. Okay, yeah. so you can use it for a lot of things. But I think it kind of like, started in the gaming world, though, didn't it? It became, I don't know where it started. I know that yeah. it's very popular in the gaming world. Yeah. My, my boy, Lando Norris, is a big Twitcher. He's got a, he's got a pretty big Twitch following, apparently. Like, really? a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. During the, during the break, when the season wasn't going, uh, for those of you that don't know, we're talking a little bit about Formula One for 20 seconds. But when the drivers weren't, weren't racing because of COVID, a lot of the young guys do uh, virtual racing online anyway. And started setting up races and stuff and things for charity and yeah he got a really big following through through twitch oh, so two things crazy that honda's out yeah and yeah. i bet you that kimi raikkonen does not twitch <laughs> kimi's the best yeah if there's a takeaway for anybody who's never heard of formula one just look up kimi raikkonen he's 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 a reason to get into he's it the fish of formula one man yeah, the next race, he'll break the record for most all-time races raced. And there's a lot of rumors that Schumacher's son, Nick Schumacher, is going to partner him next year. So, uh, yeah, it's a whole other podcast, maybe a Formula One podcast. Formula One with a PH, how about that? There you go. Uh, so, Beacon Jams, back to that. I guess we don't really know uh, who's playing with Trey. If he's alone, if he's going to have help. Uh, 
I think it's an empty theater, but I don't know. Are there fans there? Are there tickets? And I don't get it. Like, if people are willing to risk it, and everyone's mm-hmm. okay with it, you know, risk it. Why don't they let them? I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, I guess uh, those answers we'll get on Friday night. But either way, it's new. It's new content. It's hopefully some new material. Maybe some new old stuff. Who knows, right? I mean, really, I think. And it's live music from like you know my favorite guitar player of all time. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully it's something that we can access for a bit. It's not just up and then down. You know what I mean? Like if, like, I hope you can watch it on demand a few days after like dinner and a movie instead of just live, but I don't know how the Twitches work. So put it, I mean, a lot of the Twitch stuff ends up on YouTube, right? Does it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's up to them. It's the recording. I don't see the benefit of just playing it one time. Yeah. I agree. You know, like I, I get you want to take it down. I, I mean, I mean, I wish Fish never took down dinner in a movie, but I understand why it gets taken down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I guess so. Fair enough. Um, so excited for that. I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, last thing that I've got is um, I saw a really, really good post the other day, and it, and it, uh, I think it kind of summed up a lot of what we talk about. Um, and 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 as I read through the thread, there was a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of references to things we've talked about. And the post uh, was, I finally get it. I'm going to bring it up. So somebody went on the fish thread and posted, I finally get it. Yesterday, I was driving around with the dead on the radio, and I decided to switch to fish for a sec because I was really digging their sound. And at that moment, the band changed from just another sound to my favorite band. I don't really know how to describe this other than by saying, I finally get it. For a bit now, I've been listening to Fish on and off, but now I'm completely gay for Trey now, <laughs> laughing my ass off. Um, and then I started to scroll through the first and the first comment, and I think this rings true, at least for me, uh, get ready to annoy all your friends and family members. And that's, that's a very common thing. Fish, Fish fans are very much alone on an island in a circle of people that don't quite get it, and they're trying to get them to get it, which is very much what you and I are up to. Um, and then some recommendations of what to jump into from there. Live one, 1995, uh, uh, different yams, different shows, New Year's run 97, a lot of good recommendations for this person. Um, can't wait to get to your first show. Uh, but there was one in here that I saw that I thought was really, really good. Okay. They elaborated a bit. So do you recall which fish song it was that hooked you? And they responded with this. It wasn't really a single song. It was kind of a month-long process. Around three months ago, I downloaded Sigma Oasis because I wanted to give fish a try. I'm a deadhead, and up until this point, I hadn't been into fish. And the album was pretty good, but it wasn't really giving me the, the magic the dead did. So a few days passed, and then I downloaded a live one fucking melted my face stash and wilson got stuck in my head but truthfully i still didn't really consider myself a fish head at that point i just thought i liked a few songs around a week later i had a really good slash bad acid trip and the morning after i was feeling exhausted and tried to get out my phone to put on some dead to mellow out from the intense experience i had had the previous night but somehow i accidentally put on leaves from sigma oasis and it made me fucking cry a few more weeks passed. I saw two dinner and a movies. And then finally yesterday, I was in my car driving around listening to Sirius XM Fish Radio. And the band just started sounding just as good as the dead to me. I'm going to the first goddamn show I can get to after 2020 ends. Um, so a couple of things that we've talked about in there uh, as catalysts. Slow, a slow burn. A buddy was referenced in there that helped them out. 
um, an experience, a drug experience that kind of helped uh, bring them into it. So a lot going on in the background, right? Like all the ingredients kind of floating around there and then boom, coming together at that point to make it, to make it click. Um, yeah. Any I thoughts? Think, uh, yeah, many. I think that is more common. Uh, I think that's, that's just how most of us got it. You know, if I were to, if I were to sit back and listen, I get that some people like heard a song and they were like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And you know, um, but I think for most of us, I think if, you know, hand on heart, we actually look at how many times we interacted with the band and the different experiences that we had. I think that's how it goes, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are other bands that are like that, that are kind of floating around that people are adamant about and are, are very cultish about. And then all of a sudden, like you jump in. Yeah. I think, like most, I think, um, I think most good music is like that. You know, I think most, most of the stuff, when you hear it the first time, it might not, there's something interesting about it that you like, but you might not fall in love with it the first time, right? Like I think back to all the things that I really treasure now musically, the first time that I heard them, I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Like there was one or two songs, right? Like I look back at like my favorite Led Zeppelin album, which by the way, 50 years today, Led Zeppelin three, that's my favorite one. Yeah. You know, yeah, so that's the first time I heard Led Zeppelin. So, I mean, yeah, I love the Immigrant song. I love the Gallows Pole. But, like, the rest of the songs were, like, interesting but not amazing. It took me, like, 10, mm-hmm. 15 times to hear them before I was like, man, I really love this song. Mm-hmm. Right? And the more mm-hmm. relationships you create, the more experiences you have with the music, the more you love that song. Yeah. Right now, Aaron Platt come from the land of the ice and ice. And, you know, <laughs> you just laugh, right? Like, you laugh at stuff like that. But it's... It, you know, like it, it gets you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about me, about uh, uh, something other than fish that over, that over time has sort of resonated with me more when it comes to music. Um, You were big into Dave Matthews. Like, did you fall in love with Dave Matthews immediately? Relatively quickly. Once I started to listen to the full albums and just get away, you know, it was the late nineties. And uh, we talked about this where, typically how you bought music was based on the strength of a few radio singles. And if the, and if the band had a couple of songs, you would risk it and spend your money to buy a CD. It was the only way to hear it all. You couldn't stream it and preview it. Um, and then I was guilty for many, many years with a lot of my CDs of just skipping to track seven and track two, because those were the songs that I'd liked. And, and then it wasn't until we got the internet in 1999 and I would sit in front of the computer for a little bit longer at a time and just play music in the CD ROM drive that we had. Um, and I would start to hear all the tracks on the album. And, and that was when it really started to hit home for me with Dave. And also when I listened to a live show, you're right. We've talked about how getting into fish and the dead, you really need to listen to the live stuff first. I mean, if you hit, hit the studio stuff, great, you're going to get a good album and it's going to sound great, but the experience and the vibe and the playing with the crowd and the ebb and flow of how a show goes, you're not going to experience. Um, but I have found with Dave, as the years have gone on, I've gotten, I've gone the opposite direction. I haven't fallen more in love. I'm falling out of love. I still love it. It's always going to be there. Um, but I think as I've discovered fish and got it and got more into that, my, uh, my love for Dave is waning a bit. I just don't have the same. Like I didn't, they had a, they had the equivalent of dinner in a movie the, the day after fished it every, every week this past summer, I watched one. And the one that I watched, I, it was just predictable. And I was watching it going, okay, this song is going to do this. And this person's going to solo here. And it's, it's, it was just predictable. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder. If, if... I have a question for you about that. So 
I mean, I still, I listen to, I listen to an annoyingly amount, like it annoys my wife how much music I listen to. Okay. Um, the, it, predictability just never strikes me as a reason not to, to listen to a band. Like I listen to a lot of punk music still. It's super predictable, man. Like it's the same song every time, but I still love it. It's just interesting. It's interesting to me. All I'm saying is that predictability mm. is, is, is that important, you know? Yeah, I think for me, I um, I think it's an appreciation of the musicianship and the flexibility that Fish brings in. Like I'm, you know, it's like an amazing improv group. Um, in some in some cases, the structure part of the songs are amazing. Um, but I just I like I, I like the not knowing exactly where it's going, having an idea, uh, but. Yeah. The element of surprise is all is always there. And again, I just mentioned it listening to Iculus from 8-14-2009. I wasn't expecting Iculus to come on. And it's only been played 29 times in its history. And it comes on. I'm like, holy, holy crap. And those types of moments just don't really exist with that band. Well, Had, it's so funny you bring this up. I just wrote an email about, the, about it this morning. I was, I was driving home from the gym. And I was listening to – Sirius Radio was on. Some show was on. I was listening. It was good. All of a sudden, the Wolfman's brother comes on, and I'm like, holy fuck, I forgot about this song. Really? Yes. Like, it's not like, really? there's so many awesome songs that I completely forgot that I haven't heard it in so long. And then you hear it, you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. So yes, yeah. like, I understand the value that way, right? It's, yeah. like it's like when they play that dinner in a movie or whatever, like when they bust into No Quarter, and I was like, holy fuck, that's right, they cover No Quarter. This is the coolest shit ever. Right. And those, and those types of moments are fairly absent from the Dave world. You know, yeah. um, if, if it does happen, they'll bust out a song at the beginning of the tour that they haven't played in eight or nine years, but then it's every other show on that tour. So the, so, so, so the specialness or whatever you want, they just oversaturate it and it kind of goes away. Um, yeah. You know, still an incredible live band and they're, and they're great. And if, if you said, Hey, I got tickets to a show, let's go tonight. I'd go. I, I, I wouldn't say no, but yeah, it's just, um, I'm just finding that as I, and maybe I'm comparing them to fish too much in my own head. And that's probably why the other thing I'll, I, I want to tell you too about, about my fish listening is I've taken a bit of a step back. I'm still listening all the time, but I'm not consuming shows as quickly as I did. And there's a reason for it. Um, I'm, it's tough for me because I, I, I think I've crammed in a lot in a short amount of time. And we were talking about this last week where it's inhibited my ability to really pick out the special moments in the shows because they just kind of blend together the accessibility is there it's just too available i can whip through three or four shows over the course of two days instead of in real time fans would have been waiting for them to actually play those shows and listening the following days and organically having that amount of time in between them so i'm slowing it down a bit and focusing more on each one that i listen to a bit more and really trying to cue in on the trajectory of where of of, of where they're going and I, I, I kind of started at the beginning of the 2009 tour and I'm at a point now where they're really starting to get their groove back the, the jams are getting better um, you, you can you can you can feel it and hear that they're having a great time they really love playing together again um, especially after they took the break at end of June 2009 and came back at end of end of July that's six weeks in between I think they practiced a lot because they came back hitting harder than they had when they first made their comeback so just trying to key in on that sort of stuff a, a little bit more um, hear the new songs come come about as they do and yeah. Uh, yeah just try to get a better understanding of it so I think that's awesome by the way because that's how like it happened for the rest of us right like it wasn't yeah. like you know you didn't all of a sudden have access to you know, 11 years mm -hmm. worth of like three tours a year. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and evidently I need to because I thought uh, you were playing me Fluffhead when in fact you're playing Reba. Shame on me. Yeah, haters, bring it on. Let's go. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's all good. Listen, man, all you heard was a comp you heard a complicated part of music with no context. Yeah, yeah. I knew it, but I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't follow almost the, the notes leading up to that. And then after, I, I thought I continued into the end of Fluffhead, but I was just wrong. That's okay. No big deal. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much everything I had this week. Anything uh, for me, any challenges, anything I should go listen to or do or not do or pay attention to? No, whatever you want, man. <laughs> no, I don't know if you want to add something that I should go listen to to check out because, hey, man, this is awesome. But all right, cool beans. What you're doing, I think what you're doing is awesome, right? Like the fact that like to, to, to slow down and to like actually take in the shows, you know, like there's so much greatness when you take it in so fast. There's so many amazing things that just get swept underneath the rug because you're like, okay, got to get to the next one, got to get to the next one. And it becomes more about like getting to the next show versus like enjoying you know i always find that pressure when they're on summer tour and the shows were coming out like as you mm -hmm. know as they're playing the shows yeah listen to three four hours of music every day right like i have to take it in bits so like it mm -hmm. takes me a long time to get through the tour sometimes yeah yeah you have to get a commute that's what you need to do <laughs> get oh. that time fuck no <laughs> i'm with you oh yeah screw that noise um yeah so yeah, so we'll keep down that path, and uh, yeah, we'll have more to report in next week. Really looking forward to Beacon Jams. Um, everything's up in the air with that, and I'll have to get myself a Twitch so I can watch those. That's my to-do. There you go. There's my call to action. Go get the Twitch. All right, buddy. Have a great week. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.